Good morning, everyone. It's nine o'clock and we're going to get started. And so we're going to have some trial and error over the next couple of weeks with, with the two services going and people figuring out where they're going to go and when they're going to go and why they're going to go. But we're here this morning to begin Parenting for Life. So in case you're not sure what you're doing here, this is for Parenting for Life. Okay, And if you don't have your book yet, you, go, you can go to the bookstore and you can get those there. Okay, Because um, we're going to start right in today and you should have some blanks in those, those books that you have for us to, to fill out. Uh, you've already heard the sad news that we can't have uh, food or drink in here this morning. Um, so that's uh, next on the, our announcements. Um, thirdly on our announcements would be, um, depending on when the teachers end the first hour, the second hour doesn't really matter, but, but the first hour for equip, um, sometimes we'll end maybe a little bit early uh, before service is out. So just be aware of once we're dismissed, when you head out, you might still hear um, Pastor Dutch, Dusty preaching or you might hear the singing. Um, so just be aware of that uh, as you head out. You can still head out and use the restroom and grab your coffee and things like that if we happen to end early during the first hour. Does that make sense to everyone? Okay, just so we're on the, the same page there, okay? Well, it's my joy to, to, to kickstart Parenting for Life. This is going to be about nine weeks together, and um, <clears throat> uh, if, you're a, if you're a grandparent here, or if you, even if you're, if you're single here, guess what? You're still in the right spot. You're still in the right spot because you are going to glean from the truth of God's word, okay? So please just keep that in mind as we're, as we're here. I, I want to encourage group interaction, okay? But at the same time, we want to keep moving forward. We want to get through the material, okay? So if you have a, if you have a quick question amidst me speaking, um, or if you have a comment to add to, to the, the point that we're on, please just say it, okay? Um, you don't have to raise your hand. If you want to, that's fine. Hopefully, I'll see you. But please, I, I want to encourage that, that group interaction, um, and, and also, at the same time, trying to leave some time at the end of our lessons for, for questions of, of whatever nature, okay, regarding this lesson specifically or even at large. We want to leave questions open for that so we, that we can edify one another as we go through this together. I stand up here as an imperfect parent, okay, just like all of you, an imperfect, sinful parent in need of the grace of God, in need of the Word of God, which is going to be our primary focus this, this morning as we kick things off. So please know and understand that point as well. So with that, any questions as we begin our, our first hour together? Okay, if not, let me pray for us and we'll begin. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for your kindness towards us in Christ. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be uh, calmed and yet readied to receive the truth of your word this morning through uh, the elements of this, of this lesson. Lord, uh, we're going to hear much of what we already know, uh, but Lord, as our spirit bears witness with your spirit that we're your children, we confess, Lord, we need to know it more. We need to allow it to affect us in fresh ways according to the ancient truths of your life-saving, life-sanctifying word. So Lord, would you do that uh, beginning today 
and in the weeks to come, Lord, for our other teachers who are faithful to bring these lessons to us in the weeks to come. Thank you for their faithfulness and their kindness and their sacrifices to to teach us and to edify us according to the truths of what we need to hear regarding what it looks like to be a godly parent. So, Lord, we pray all these things to the glory of your name, and we ask uh, your your blessing on this hour and the second one that is to come. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so the, the story is told of a prosperous young investment banker who was driving a new BMW sedan on a mountain road during a snowstorm. As he veered around one sharp turn, he lost control and began sliding off the road toward a steep cliff. At the last moment, he unbuckled his seatbelt, flung open his door, and leaped from the car, which then plummeted to the bottom of the ravine and burst into a ball of flames. Although he had escaped with his life, the man suffered a ghastly injury. Somehow, his arm had been cut off near the hinge of the door as he jumped and had been torn off at the shoulder. A passing trucker saw the accident in his rearview mirror, pulled his rig to a halt, and ran back to see if he could help. When he arrived at the scene, he found the banker standing at the roadside, looking down at the BMW burning in the ravine below. Incredibly, the banker was oblivious to his injury and moaned, My BMW! My new BMW! The trucker pointed out that the banker's shoulder Um, pointed out at the banker's shoulder and said, you've got bigger problems than that car. We've got to find your arm. Maybe the surgeons can sew it back on, the banker said. Banker looked where his arm had been, paused a moment, and groaned, oh no, my new Rolex, my new Rolex. (laughs) Now, as funny, and I don't think that story is true, but as funny as that, that is, goes to make our ultimate point this morning, okay, as we start at the foundation of Parenting for Life. What is our ultimate priority, right? So that's what we're going to be discussing today, the parents' priorities. And as we begin our study together, remember these two introductory points that we have, okay? The Bible provides teaching that is comprehensive, teaching that is comprehensive. Now, let me just read Psalm 78, verses 1 to 4, regarding this point. The psalmist says, Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Okay, so he's got our attention, right? Listen up. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Okay, what's he going to say? I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers had told us. We will not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wondrous works that he has done. That he has done. And then the rest of the passage in Psalm 78 goes on to say, to speak of the importance of giving the truth of God from generation to generation to generation. So the Bible provides teaching that's comprehensive. Parenting cannot be separated from any aspect 
of the whole counsel of God, okay? It, it is incomplete to talk about the how-tos, the practical how-tos of parenting apart from, as Psalm 78 said, the character of God. The character of God. The nature of man, we must understand. Sin, salvation, sanctification, the duties of parents. We cannot separate any aspect of the whole counsel of God. It's incomplete to talk about the practical how-tos apart from the character of God. Also, parents must look at God's truth and his work in their entire lives. Parenting is not an entity unto itself, okay? It's not just this robotic thing that you do and you separate yourself from it all. In fact, the truth of God and his words swelling up in our lives ought to spill over into our children's lives, right? It's a wonderful thing for, for, for children to observe um, mom or dad reading their Bibles perhaps early in the morning or late in the evening. That's all great. That's all wonderful. But is the truth of the character and the kindness and the truths of God spilling over into their lives? Parenting is not an entity unto itself. So the parents' priorities are presented in this lesson as commitments. Commitments, okay? The first commitment which must be made in order to be a biblical parent is the commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Commitment to Christ himself. We have Exodus 21 to 17, which is the Ten Commandments, right? Nothing else can have jurisdiction over the believer. No idols. Commitment must include all areas of our life without exception. Without exception. Also, we see here that commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ involves uh, the issue of intensity, okay? It involves our whole being, right? Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven to 40. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, right? So this is, this is total abandonment, right, parents? Of self. <laughs> of self. It's the same as what the Lord Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, 34 and 35, right? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. The same element, the same principle is involved in parenting as well. Don't you, I, I, don't you hate, now forgive me if you have this, okay? Um, you, you might have it as a joke or whatever, but don't you hate to see those, those bumpers, to, or not bumper stickers, uh, those shirts that people wear sometimes, like, I don't, I don't know how it's read exactly, but like, no parenting for me today, or, or parents day off today, I'm not gonna parent today, have you guys seen those, those shirts? They're around, right? And it's just a way of saying, oh, I need some rest. I need to just take my, now I get it. We, <laughs> we get it. We, we need rest. We need to go to the restroom for a little bit and pray and, and, and rest and then come back to our, our parenting duties, yes. But, but things like that is just, it's just not true. You don't abandon being a parent. It, it's, it involves just like the Christian life, your, your whole heart, soul, mind, okay? Continuing education is required. 
you and I must be continually learning about God and what he says about you, your life, and your family. Uh, Numbers 15, uh, 39, and remember all the commandments of the Lord so as to do them and not follow after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you played the harlot. Um, they, they used to uh, remember in the Old Testament, and it wasn't just the priest, it was, it was all the common people as well, they would wear this blue flowery tassel to remember to keep God's word and to walk in his holiness. You know, kind of like how we wear those bracelets today or a ring that reminds you, my life is about God <laughs> and honoring and following him in everything. So, a few illustrations from, from scriptural illustrations of the commitment we are to have to the Lord Jesus Christ in scripture. You'll know um, a lot of these. Psalm 42, right? That illustration, as the deer pants for the water brooks, right? So my soul pants after you, O God. Psalm 73, 25 and 26. I love how the psalmist, I believe it's Asaph in this psalm. Whom have I in heaven but you? And, and then he goes on to say, and apart from you, I desire nothing in heaven and earth. Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24 let him who boasts, boast of this, that he understands and knows me. That he understands and knows me. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I'm behind here. Luke 10, 38, 42 shows us the, <clears throat> the devotion versus being distracted of, of Mary and Martha. We have Mary's example here of being devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke 14, 25 to, to 35, we see the cost of discipleship. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. We see Galatians 2, 20, where the Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me, right? We also have Philippians 1, 21, in chapter 3, verse 8, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I count all things but loss. Again, this is total abandonment. And we could summarize our commitment to Christ by saying that we must be committed to the Word of God, right? The Word of God. After all, this is how we come to know who God is and how He thinks, right? and what he requires of us, right? We need to be committed to the word of God. After all, 2 Timothy three sixteen and following, the word of God is, it's God-breathed, right? All scripture is profitable for instruction, correction, training, and righteousness so that we may be equipped. 2 Peter 1, 3 to 4 seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. How? How? Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Okay? It's through the true knowledge of God himself and the person and finished work of Christ. We need to be committed to the word 
of God. And then, of course, this goes hand in glove right here. We need to be committed to the God of the Word, right? <laughs> One of my kids asked me, it was a couple weeks ago, said, Dad, can you read too much of the Bible? Like, can you be too much in the Word? And I had to stop, and I think it, the answer is yes. If we're going to be honest, the answer is yes. Now, let's talk about the context here. What, what do you mean by this, right? Are you trying to justify something here? What are you trying, I'm, you know, thinking that way. But the truth is, is yes, okay? We can have that wrong view. We can actually idolize the very truth of God's word and not be practicing what it says. It's, it's really crazy to think about. But, so, our commitment to, to Christ looks like being committed to the word of God and the God of the word. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, for example. Our love says, our commitment, our aim, our goal is to be pleasing to God. That's our aim in life. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 9. That is our ultimate aim. Whether we're at home or absent from the Lord, our aim is to be pleasing to Him. Same with Philippians 1, 21. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And that's included in our parenting, right? <laughs> to live is Christ. And so, what, is this, what does this look like? What do we need to do and be growing in? We need to grow in our relationship with him by growing in our love for him, right? Our love for God. Because if our minds are set on the flesh, the things of the world— our mind's not set on, on God. We need to be growing in our repentance from sin. I love Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen: He who conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. And it goes on to say, do not hard, harden your heart. We need to grow in our repentance from sin. And just as a short, quick side note example of this happening in our lives before God, of repenting from sin, when we sin against our children, there needs to be the showing forth of that repentance to our children. We need to be models of repentance to our children if we have also sinned against that child or children at large. I don't know about you, but it's happened to me both ways, multiple, multiple, multiple times, okay? Um, and I, I found, I've fallen in that trap before sometimes of thinking, well, if I just, you know, God knows I have a repentant heart, and, and I go into the bedroom, and I talk with my wife about it, I say, you know, man, I, I said this, I did that, I spoke this way to the kids, I you know, it's just, I'm real broken. I'm, 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 I'm really sorry for this, and I want to turn from this. I want to do better, dear wife, you know, and that's all, that's all good, but then I don't go out to the, the child that I sinned against, and I don't express my deep, deep apologies to that child. What am, what am I doing? I'm not, I'm not completing the task. I'm not, I'm not walking in true, full, really, repentance from sin. And if we want to grow in our relationship with him, we need to grow in that way. How can, we, how can we do this before our holy God, whom we cannot see, and repent, but yet not go to our child, or our wife, or who it may be, and seek their forgiveness? That does not make sense. 
Does not work. Yes, Preston. There you go, hypocrisy. Amen. Yes. Bingo. Amen. Yep. That 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 just brings to light our our hypocrisy if we're if we're not doing that, if we're not being obedient in what full repentance is and and looks like. Amen. We must grow in our relationship with Him by growing in our. And this all kind of flows together here, right? Our genuine humility, right? Our genuine humility before God. You know what what the Lord tells us through James and James four six and following. God is opposed to the proud. He's stiff-armed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We need to grow in genuine humility. Let the circumstances of of your parenting, of daily life, humble you. Humble me. We also need to grow um, in our devotion to God's glory, right? Daily, we need to be uh, Psalm 115, verse 1 kind of, kind of parents. Lord, not to us, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your loving kindness and truth, right? You ever, you ever feel that way sometimes, especially in your parenting? You just want you know, pat yourself on the back. You know, oh, I've done pretty good today, you know. The kids have received this. I, you know, the exchanges have been like this. Uh, careful, God gets all of the glory. And as I sort of taught last week from Proverbs 31, husbands, children, we do need to be in the business of giving praise to our wives um, and children to your mothers for they are excellent and especially her fearing the Lord, right? But it's, it's ultimately what we're doing even there in obeying God's word of giving praise to our wife, to our mother, for the God-fearing woman that she is, it's, it's still, it's devotion to God's glory because it's obedience to his word. We also need to grow in, yep, <laughs> continual prayer, right? Um, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for like 1 Thessalonians 5, right? Where, where he tells us, pray without ceasing. You can pray anytime, anywhere, come before the Lord. You're struggling with this child, with this situation, with whatever it is, Stop come before his throne of grace boldly with confidence, knowing that he hears you and he will grant you the help that he needs. (laughs) I mean, we should be awestruck at that. How thankful. But we need to grow in our relationship with him through continual prayer, coming before him, laying our requests at his feet, knowing that he hears us because of what his son did in our place. We also need to grow in our selfless love, we've already talked about this. We need to grow in separation from the world and understand what that looks like. First John two fifteen to seventeen. Um, do not love the world nor the things in the world. Right? If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Separation from the world, and of course, all this flows together. We need to grow in our relationship with Him by obedient living. Okay, so these, these are the proofs of our commitment to Christ. And it's by grace alone, and by his word alone, that we grow in these areas. And if we're in Christ, this is, this will be, these will be our passions. <laughs> these will be our aims that lead ultimately to 
proving the fruit of our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. But next, and I think we all know what's coming next, especially if you, if you have your books, is commitment to your spouse. Commitment to your spouse. Please notice, we didn't jump from commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ to commitment to your children. Please, please notice that right off the bat. It goes from our commitment to Christ to our commitment to our spouse, okay? Commitment means, to our spouse means committed to the uniqueness of the marriage relationship, okay? Genesis 2.24, we see there an exclusive uh, leaving and cleaving relationship, right? It's exclusive, leave and cleave. It's a command, leave and cleave. And it's really hard to be committed to your spouse if you haven't really, and if you're not leaving and cleaving, right? We've seen this, we've probably felt this, perhaps you've been a part of it in growing up in life or you haven't really been leaving and cleaving. You're still clinging to mom and dad or, or others and you haven't really become truly in the fullest sense one with, with your spouse. Also, we see covenantal uh, relationship in Malachi 2, 13 through 16. This is what God has made. This is the covenant that God has made between husband and wife. Proverbs 5, 15 to 19, we see it's an intimate physical relationship. Ephesians 5, 23 to 33 is that picturesque relationship illustrating Christ's relationship with the church, right? So now, now check it out here and, and observe that in, that in that list, okay, of, of leaving and cleaving and having this covenant relationship and this intimate physical relationship and the picture of Christ and the church, with all of those, please notice that no other friends or parent-child relationship shares any of those characteristics. None of them. It's exclusive. And if you'd like um, just, a, just a recommended resource, uh, Strengthening Your Marriage by Wayne Mack on that very point is, is very, very helpful. In fact, that was the very first um, marriage book that my wife and I ever read. And, and speaking of pride versus humility, you know, I, I used to think that um, I couldn't receive any other resources but the Word of God in my life in order for me to grow but what I didn't realize was that resource, all it is is it's exegeting and it's extracting the truths from God's word that I needed to really focus in on. And so I remember my wife having that book next to her, her bed, awesome, and I just used to be like, okay, yeah, whatever, I've got my Bible. Yeah, okay, you know, things like that, attitudes like that, uh, until, until the Lord over time and his kindness and graciousness humbled me <laughs> to actually be, pick up these books and, and I, I began to see things that I need to work on that I didn't realize, that I didn't realize. So praise the Lord for his kindness um, in that sense in, in all of our lives to humble us and to come before his word and to understand what he's saying to us. So we see here that it's it, being a commitment to your spouse, we have to, if you're committed to your spouse, we have to be then committed to biblical roles, our biblical roles, okay? So, and we're not going to spend much, much time here, but the first one that we would talk about, of course, is the husband, right? The husband is the servant leader, the lover, and learner. If we were to, to, to summarize it all up, 
He is the servant leader, lover, and learner. First Peter 3, 7 teaches us that the husband's prayers <laughs> will be hindered if he does not dwell with his wife according to knowledge. In, order, in other words, we are called to live with our wives in an understanding way. So, and that involves knowledge, that involves love, that involves learning, that involves care, that involves being a servant leader. So men, um, if we don't learn about our wives, we won't know how to lead or love her, right? If we're not learning about her. If we don't lead the family, then your, our wives and our children will end up leading, right? Gulp. <laughs> if you don't love your wife, her submission may be forced and joyless, right? If we are not loving our wife in leading her and learning of her. And so here's the thing, is if, if we are abiding in these things, just these foundational points, we will be blessed in our obedience, men, husbands, fathers. We will be blessed, James 1, 25 says. Don't be a forgetful hearer, but be an effectual doer, right? And the Lord tells us there in James 1, 25, you'll be blessed in what you do. You'll be blessed in what you do you do. Another, another couple key resources here is Your Family, God's Way by Wayne Mack. It's very helpful on that. And Different by Design and The Fulfilled Family, uh, both by, by John MacArthur. Excellent resources. So that was his role, just real briefly, okay? <laughs> In a nutshell, that's, that's his role. And what about her role, the, the wife? She is the honorer, the helper, the homemaker. Uh, Proverbs 14.1 teaches that a wife is tearing down her house if she acts foolishly. So ladies, if you, if you don't honor your husband by following him, your children may not learn how to follow you or others, right? If you don't help him by giving him wise input, and men, we need that, right? <laughs> if you don't help him by giving wise input, and then carrying out the course that he has set, your Proverbs 14.1, you're tearing down your house with your own hands. Really, unbeknownst to you, this is what's happening. And Titus 2.5, if, if you don't keep your home in a way that pleases the Lord and your husband, you are tearing down your house. I'm pounding away here at <laughs> Proverbs 14.1. This is, what's, this is what's happening if there's not obedience to the word. So the point is, is if you are abiding in these things, you will, ladies, women, wives, you will be blessed. James 1, 25, right? And understand this, that your marriage is the greatest opportunity you will have to teach your children what you really believe about submission, authority, friendship, affection, and love. So, there's some other excellent resources here. I, if, you, if you have a pen, you want to jot down The Excellent Wife by Martha Peace, okay? 
um, Your Family, God's Way by, by Wayne Mack. I just downloaded that on my, on my Kindle just a couple weeks ago. I've been enjoying that. And then, of course, The Fulfilled Family by John MacArthur. I'm going to stop here really quick on husband and wife's roles and what commitment to your spouse looks like. Any questions at all or any comments so far? Okay, let's move on to the next commitment. So we know what this would be, right? Commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, commitment to our spouse, and next comes, of course, commitment to your family, right? Um, this means we are committed to stewardship and discipleship. We're committed to stewardship and discipleship. We are stewards of the truth about the one true God and his works. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9, right? This is where uh, Moses' concern is that successive generations maintain obedience to God's word, and he explains how that ensures life and prosperity to the nation of Israel, right? So Deuteronomy 6 should really be stamped on our, on our hearts, right? Um, teaching them as you go in the way, as you go to the grocery store, as you go to school, as you are about your way, it is to be being taught and explained the things of God. God's design for passing faith, righteousness, and truth from one generation to the next is through the family. It's through the family. So we are to make disciples in our own families. So what kind of of steward of the truth are you? We have to just really pause and just ask ourselves that humbling question. What kind of a steward of the truth am I? Oh, I can sit down with my kids and I can read the Bible. Oh, I can, you know, I can explain it. I can answer any Old Testament, New Testament question you got. Sure. Excellent. Good. Good. Wonderful. But what kind of a steward of truth are we being in that process, really, as we've already talked? Are we, are we being a, a humble, effective discipler to our children? And we know this as well, too. It's, it's at large for the, for the whole family, depending on how many you have, right? But it's also individual, right? Because we know each child has a different bent, right? Is your faith real and sincere, or as we've already talked about, is it fake and hypocritical? Because here's the thing, your children, they'll know. <laughs> they'll know if, if your faith is real or if it's fake or hypocritical. They'll know, and it will affect them one way or another. Your impact, our impact on them is tremendous, isn't it? It's weightier really than we, than we understand. It is a life on life for a lifetime, right? Life on life for a lifetime. I used to think, you know, I used to talk with my wife early on in our marriage and think, you know, oh yeah, when the kids are grown and they're out of the house and we can, and I kind of, I kind of just thought that way, like boom, once they're out of the house and we can do this and that and be just completely 
disconnected from them. Now, they have their own life. They've, they're leaving and cleaving. They're all that, right? Sort of fast-forwarding in my mind, but not, not thinking even of the years that are to come after. You see what I'm saying? So it is life on life for a life. <laughs> time. We must remember this. We, are, we must need to be committed to stewardship and discipleship, and that looks different in, in every family, in every household, right? To, to whatever degree, right? I mean, if we're going to get real down to the nitty-gritty specifics of oh, doing this and doing that, there's some families that read, you know, two, three hours worth of Bible in their home in the course of seven, eight days. There are others who have like a once an evening or once a morning kind of thing once a week, maybe twice a week. Those kind of things are, are different. The point is, is are we stewarding? Are we discipling Deuteronomy 6 as we go, as we rise up, as we go, as we go to sleep, right? I don't know about you, but some, one of the most difficult ones for me is I'm good in the morning, whew, sharp, carry me through the afternoon as far as stewardship, discipleship, you know, being an example of Christ's likeness to your, your kids. But then, man, once the evening time comes and it gets to that 9, 30, 10 o'clock or whatever hour it is, and you're like, okay, Lord, help me. I, wanna, I don't want to sin against you. I don't want to sin against my children. Sustain me. Help me. Carry me. I want to be a good steward. I want to be a, a good discipler. I don't want the sun to go down on my anger. I want to repent. I want to, whew, that's where the rubber really meets the road for me in my life. It might be different in your life as far as being a, a steward and a discipler of your dear family. So not only stewards of the truth, we are stewards of blessings, right? Stewards of blessings. We're not, we're not only committed to, to, to Christ, to, blessed to be children of God, but those of us who are married are additionally heirs together of the grace of life, right? First Peter 3, 7. We are co-heirs in the grace of life together as husband and wife. As this were not enough, he may then give us children to raise up for him, right? So please stop there just for a quick side note derail. Don't forget that the family begins with husband and wife, right? My, my wife and I got that like wrong in our early years of, of, of marriage. It'd be like, well, when we have a family someday, and we're like two years into our marriage, it's like, well, hold on a second. This is our family. <laughs> this is our family right here. We just don't have children yet, if we do, if the Lord grants. But we have to, to keep that in mind, okay? That he may even then grant you children to raise up. Psalm 127. Children are a burden of the Lord. Is that what Psalm 127 says? What's it say? Children are a, doesn't matter who they are, don't think of it, what are they? A gift. They're a gift from the Lord. Doesn't matter their sin, doesn't matter how difficult it may be for, the, for you, depending on the, 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 the stubbornness or the hard-hardness or whatever it may be. At the end of the day, the children are a gift of the Lord. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. That also is relative from family to family. Christians are to be obedient to the Lord's command to make disciples, Matthew 28. This is the Great Commission. You, you realize that the Great Commission begins in your home, right? To make disciples, this begins in the home. Parents are to faithfully deliver and model God's truth to their children with a view towards making 
disciples. And this includes evangelizing, evangelizing our children, teaching, admonishing, exhorting, encouraging them toward godliness, yet prayerfully leaving the results to God and his hands, right? Psalm 128, verse three, your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like olive plants around your table. Really, the, the question there is, is your home like a greenhouse, right? Is, is the shade being provided for them, a place for spiritual growth? Are, are you preparing the, the soil, nurturing and, 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 and pruning the plants in a warm, caring environment to one day be replanted somewhere else, right? That, that's our, our aim, that's our, that's our goal here for our children and being good stewards and disciplers of them. And so we have to understand this, that this blessed environment is what God intended for Israel, right? For Israel. Um, what happened to Israel and, and what can we learn from, from Israel? <clears throat> Anybody wanna take a, a stab at that as far as raising families and generation to generation? What, what happened to Israel and what can we learn from Israel? There you go. Exactly. That's exactly it in a nutshell. How tragic, right? You know, we, 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 we read through the Old Testament right, right now, right? And, and we see this and we go, whoa, whoa, what? No way. Going after the, the false idols? Are you kidding me? And the, the, the children, the family, they're, they're seeing these things? What's going on, right? So we have to, we have to learn from Israel's history. In fact, just real briefly, if you'd like to open your, book to, your Bibles to the book of Judges. Judges chapter two. Judges chapter two. It's, it's amazing. Their, their strength as a nation rested in the strength of families as they related to God. That, that's really it. God made a promise that they would be blessed if they obeyed him, right? There was a problem. As was already stated, they chose to forget him. They chose to forget him. Basically, layman's terms in a nutshell, parents did not disciple their children. <laughs> That's really where the downfall was. Judges chapter 2, verse 7. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had all the great work of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Now stop there. You see, whoa, what an example Joshua was, right? Like he led them, he discipled them from family, in his own family, and, and, and each tent, every other tent followed in this way of following the Lord, and, and, it, and it took for several generations, right? But then, look, go to verse verse. Uh, chapter 10, uh, 2, verse 10. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 
They did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. I mean, do we need to go into the Red Sea? Do we need to go through all of what happened in Egypt and Pharaoh? They didn't even know it. That should baffle us. That should baffle us. And then chapter two, verse, verse, verse 11, uh, pushing onward here in the, in the middle of it. The sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed themselves down to them. Thus they provoked the Lord to anger. How sad, right? How sad. We don't like hearing that, right? How could this happen? How could this happen? Again, this, this is how it happened. They neglected Deuteronomy chapter six. <laughs> That's what they did. They completely neglected it. What's the result? Judges chapter 21, verse 25. And every, everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. Right? That's what they did. Idolatry, chaos, and destruction are the result of forgetting God. So the, really, you want to stop here and ask the, this question. Will your children remember or forget God? Right? Will they remember or forget him? Are you and I planting seeds for second and third and fourth generation Christians to come from your home? Are we planting those seeds? Does, does your mind ever fast forward sometimes? Mine, I have a big problem with my mind fast forwarding sometimes in life and in plans and stuff. But does your mind ever fast forward to think and wonder like what it would look like or what it would be like? Like if you could see the second, third, the fourth generation coming from, from your family to see, oh God, may they be a generation. May they be a people who know and love and serve you. My mind does that sometimes, and I, I wonder. All according to the will of God, all according to the sovereignty of God, but are we being faithful? And so the same pattern we see here is true for Christ's church today, right? The strength of local churches rests upon the spiritual strength of its families, Right? The local churches need God-fearing families. And with this need is the reality that a man's ability to lead in the church is particularly determined by his proven ability to lead his family, right? You can see 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 on that aspect. And so what flows then from our commitment to our family is then our commitment to, to others, right? To others. And this of course includes first and foremost, the church, right? Our commitment to, to the church. Commitment to ministry in the body of, of Christ. As Galatians 6.10 says, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, but then it says, especially to those 
who are of the household of faith, committed to the body of Christ. And this, this all flows together here, the fulfilling of the one another's of scripture, fulfilling it. And, and this means we will be then using our spiritual gifts for the edification, the building up, the strengthening of the body of Christ. So our commitment to, to the church. And it's, uh, it's, it's really key, and I think it's, it, it's vital um, to, to not just use the word helpful, but I think it's key and vital as, as, as your family sees you serving in the body of Christ, right? Giving to others, laying your life down for the body of Christ. And also, this includes uh, commitment to the world, right? We've seen this already, the, the Great Commission, evangelism, and making disciples. And this is both local, right? Jerusalem, evangelism, and the world to the uttermost parts regarding evangelism. The, the, the atmosphere and relationships within our home are often our first opportunity to communicate with the lost, right? It's been said before, you know, the first Bible that your children are ever going to read is going to be dad and mom. It's really the first one that they're going to read. And so our home should be indeed a light to a dark world, a lighthouse to the lost, to a dying world. Will the world see the marks of true spiritual growth, unity, true knowledge, maturity, and stability? Or will they see the same discord lack of knowledge and instability they see in their own homes as they look at you and as they look at me in our families, in our oneness with our wives, with our husbands. So with this, we come to uh, just a quick summary. We've seen our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, commitment to our spouse, commitment to our family, in commitment to others. But just as far as a further examination here, a little behind here, sorry. Evaluating our commitments, okay? Just as we've, as we've already explained. Um, as we go through these nine weeks together, I want us to, to keep this in mind that as we part ways today, there, there will be homework, okay? For, for you, for me, for, for all of us. So this is really what we're talking about here in the evaluation of our own hearts. You can, these should be in your books. If not, please write them down. As we go throughout this next week, um, really in time, in prayer with the Lord or you and your spouse, evaluate your own commitments. Asking yourself, do I thirst for God as the deer thirsts for the water? Where do I need to grow? Ask yourself that. What, what could I be doing in one of these areas that we've listed today this week? Commitments to Christ, spouse, family, and others. We also need to review the unique characteristics of the marriage relationship, okay? Um, is this uniqueness really apparent to our children? Is it, is it seen by our children, right? Do they, do they capture, do they see 
mom being that beautiful, God-fearing, submissive, joyful, strong leader in the home following the leader of the home, <laughs> right? Do, do they see that? Dads, do they, do they see us loving and laying our lives down for, for our wives in, in the ways that you know, the ways that you practice and that you entail into your marriage? Is that uniqueness apparent to your children? They need opportunities to observe that relationship with your spouse is distinctly different, right, from their special relationship with you as well. They need to see that difference. Hopefully that makes sense, okay? And if we're going to be completely transparent, that's been one huge sanctifying in my side that I continue, ha- continually have to learn and ask myself, man, you know, sorry, wife, I've, I've loved the children more than you this week. <laughs> you know, right? Any of us ever been guilty of that? Or maybe it's vice versa. Maybe you cast the kids aside and you're all into your wife. Well, that's wrong too, <laughs> right? You got to really think through that. But for what the children see, what do they see? Do they see it as distinct from their relationship with you? So part of the homework is evaluate together how you could regularly demonstrate this concept to your children. Really evaluate it. Be transparent with one another. Hunt, babe, what can we do? What can we need to grow in so, that, so the kids can see, right? I mean, maybe it just needs to be, ugh, they need to see me kissing you more often. And then the, 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 the line goes down from there, right? It, it could be a, a million different examples there. Evaluate that aspect together. Do it together this week, okay? And of course, also, review, review your roles as husband and wife, right? Where do you, right, uh, husband, where do you think you're the strongest in your role, right? Really think that through. Where do you think you're the weakest, why? What improvement could you begin working on this week? Really, write it down. Write it down. And of these, the three roles described for your wife, where do you appreciate her ministry to you? Right? Let it be known. Tell her. And as for the wife, of course, evaluating your roles as honorer, helper, homemaker— where are you strongest? Um, where are you weakest? Why? Choose something, one of those that you could be working on, begin working on this week to make that improvement. Or of the, the roles described for your husband, where do you most appreciate his ministry to you? Let it be known. Let it be known. Okay? Also, um, in evaluating our commitments, review your present ministry involvements, okay? Are you actively serving the body of Christ? Um, we have to understand, I think I meant, as I mentioned earlier, that child raising is not an exclusive ministry, right? In fact, your children will benefit from watching and helping you serve others, right? They begin to see, they begin to learn what the body of Christ is about. And also, how are you ministering to the lost in your area for the cause of Christ in the world? Evaluate this. What, what, 
What can you begin doing this week that reflects that change of whatever aspect it may be concerning your ministry to the lost in your area for the cause of Christ in the world? And honestly, just so you guys can hold me accountable, and this is all about accountability here as well, there's a certain family in our neighborhood, and there have been talks here and there and walking by the sidewalk and there's been hellos how are you doing kind of a thing and talk about so many other things but to this day I still haven't yet had them in my home (laughs) so hold me accountable to that okay because it's been a little while and I want some someone here to come up to me in the next week or two and say so Chris have you um Have you invited them to your home yet? (laughs) Someone, please do that, would you? Just for accountability's sake in regards to this very point. So um, the fact is, is if we're truly want to accommodate what we believe about our priorities, then we have to ask ourselves, what can we begin doing this week that reflects that change? Really think through it, evaluate, think through it. Those questions that were just there, do it by yourself and with your spouse this week and you will be blessed in doing that. You will be sharpened, encouraged, refined as you do that, okay? Um, Now, with homework, just some homework encouragements here, I want you to realize the importance of, of the homework, okay? Just don't forget to do it, okay? Take that 10 minutes, take that 20 minutes, whatever it may be, And please realize that. Also realize that homework takes time and effort, right? And this is good for us, okay? Realize the reward of actively doing the homework, okay? It's very, very, very helpful for all of us, okay? So with that, what questions do we have on on our first lesson for the priorities for parents. Any questions or anything you guys want to throw out on different points? Yes, Rafael. Could you elaborate a little bit on the cultural aspects? Because if you back up a little bit before they entered the promised land, Moses had a very stern warning. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, how does that Mm. implement into our current culture of being the body of Christ? Yeah. And actually, as a father, Mm. allowing other godly men or women to invest in my children as well. Sure. And not just, it's not just my home and I have my little bubble. Right, right. So, so that, the cultural aspect? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, we see the core principles of what God told Moses to do for his family, for the nation, that they may not forget God and walk in his ways, right? And so we come into the the church age, right? And we see now that we have the body of Christ, right? And so it takes a village to to raise it well. Yeah, how about, first of all, it takes takes God. (laughs) It takes his church, right, as well. So that gelling together and that unifying, and that's gonna look different from, from one family to the next as far as how much that looks like, but I think it has to be there as far as the, the, the examples, the influence of Christ from another 
uh, male leader, uh, husband, father in the church, families, to come together and to be fed and edified and built up in the truth that way as well. Absolutely, 100%, 100%. And of course, the truth is, is some of us might struggle with that aspect. Some of us might struggle. Honestly, <laughs> talk about transparency here. Um, and some of you may not think this, um, I'm an introvert, personally. <laughs> I'm an introvert. And, and if it was up to me, I, just, I would be that, Ralph. I would be just, just me and my family and let's do our thing. We're doing well. This is great. We love the Lord. But wait a second. That's actually not obedience to the scriptures, <laughs> right? Um, there needs to be that oneness, that gelling together in, in the body of Christ. And then there comes different conscience issues that someone's, they don't agree with another family, or with it, but we still need to be able to walk in the love and the grace of God through all of that kind of stuff, right? So, I hope that makes sense. We do need that. We do need that. And it'll look different, different measuring degrees from family to family, if that makes sense. So yeah, Brandon. I just think the opposite too can be a pitfall where ah. you forsake your role as a mother or father and just push your kids off to a Sunday school teacher, yep. pastor, or That's right. youth leader for the spiritual side. Of That's right. Don't don't abandon your position as father, mother's family to, to teach and train and raise them up and say, yeah, youth leaders got them. You, they got youth group. They got church. Exactly. Exactly. Good. Good balance there. Any other questions or comments for, that came to mind during the session that you can help me, you can help us out in prioritizing what needs to be prioritized as parents? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Mm hmm. Yeah. Amen. It's part of dying to self. Yep. And then we see the, then we reap the fruits and the rewards of doing that, right? I, that, on that exact point, Brooke, that's, that's what I've learned as we've put using the calendar <laughs> to, to bring uh, people from the body of Christ into our home to, to love and serve on them, it, it does. It takes all out of you. But then at the end of the night, you're like, wow, Lord, thank you for that. I like from the, the conversations, just to the enrichment is just, that's how God designed it. So plan accordingly. Think of your wife. Think, of, think, of, think through those, right? And then do it. Do it. Amen. Yeah. Oh. We can't be passive. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. Mm. Man, you know what? Just felt on that exact point. I remember my my grand my grandfather, um, um, speaking that those same words. 
to me when I was like, I was like 16, 17-ish. We were visiting in a, in, down there in Hope Sound, Florida. And, and he's, he's a pastor to this day, but he, he spoke that way to me multiple, multiple times. Just in the humility of himself saying, we need to be faithful, even as grandparents, to, to tell you this, right? And to warn you of these things, all, all of that. And that, that stuck with me ever since then. Now, I didn't care for it too much then when I was 16, 17 years old. But now when I see his care and concern for me, a grandchild that he maybe sees once a year, but him to tell that to me of the, of the importance it m- makes an impact on me now, right? Talking about generation to generation. So, amen. Thank you for that, Phil. Amen. What else? Anything else? Other comments or, or questions? Concerns? Okay. Um, please know this, too, that... that this is, this is our kickoff lesson, okay? And, and the, the lessons that keep coming down the road are gonna get more and more and more and more specific, okay? <laughs> which, is, which is helpful for, for all of us, right? Um, it's what we need, it's what we want, but we have to have our priorities straight first. So please, take the homework. Don't forget to do it, right? Have that coffee, have that tea with your spouse, whatever it is, and go through it. Talk through it and see where you and I need to grow. And by the way, you guys hold me accountable for my wife too. She's not here this morning. Where is she? And she's not here. Hold me accountable, right? To do that with my wife as well. I'm serious. Because a lot of times we think, oh, you know, uh, leaders of the church, elders, whoever it may be, uh, you know, they've got their account. But yeah, we do. But we need it from one another. All of the one another's of scripture. So please don't, don't forget that, okay? Any other things? Going once, going twice. Thank you guys for your patience, and uh, let's pray in light of this lesson and the ones that are to come. Heavenly Father, you are good, and you do good, and I pray, Lord, that we would take what we've studied this this morning uh, seriously, our commitment to you, Lord, and our commitment to our spouse, the commitment to our family, our children, and to one another in the body of Christ and to the world. Lord, it amazes us that you humbled yourself, you stooped from breathing the air of heaven to breathe the dust of earth in our place, that you would show us and reveal to us yourself, the truth, love incarnate, wisdom incarnate. You've given us your word, which is sufficient for life and godliness. And yes, Lord, that means our parenting. And I pray, Lord, that we would be humbled and caused to rejoice in your grace that is greater than all of our sin. Sin as a spouse, sin as, as a, a parent. And to know the washings of your mercies upon us through your beloved Son. May we know know that afresh and anew this morning. May that cause us to sing like we've never sang before as we join together in the second hour now to the glory of your name. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. Help us with these assignments this this week to truly uh, come before you and to come before our spouse and to examine our hearts and to see where we need to grow 
and to grow by your grace and by your word richly dwelling within us. Thank you for these dear people. May we glorify you and be found pleasing you this week, even when we sin, that we be quick to repent and quick to know your saving, sanctifying grace. It's your name, in your name, Jesus, we pray these things and commit all to your glory. Amen. Amen.